Support the Amigos podcast and keep the Amiga goodness flowing for just a dollar a month. Visit our page at patreon.com slash Amigos podcast. Amiga, the first personal computer that gives you a creative edge. Amigos, the podcast about everything Amiga. Amigos is a proud member of the Throwback Network, your home for quality retro podcasts. And now, here are your hosts, Aaron Dowdy and John Bodovkar Schaller. Hi everybody, welcome to Amigos. I'm John. And I'm Aaron. And today we're going to talk about Sword of Sodan. Oh yeah. But before we do, uh, we don't have any news this week, but uh, I did, since we're getting close to uh, Christmas thought we'd uh, talk about a new game that's coming out for the Amiga. A brand new game. Okay. Called Elves Dreamland. Okay. <laughs> Can you elaborate is, on that? So I, I found out about this on a German site that All I right. had to translate. So if I get any of this information wrong, just blame Google Translate. <laughs> um, so uh, this is a uh, side-scrolling platformer. And a, you, are, you control an elf whose job it is to collect uh, 200 gifts. Uh, the game features nine levels and a variety of styles. is is accompanied by wintry Christmas music. Ooh, timely! Uh, it requires an Amiga with OCS, Kickstart 1.3, <laughs> and a That's Mega RAM as yep. a minimum. All right. So it's almost every Amiga ever made. Oh <laughs> yeah, except if for you, the old 1.2s. If I uh, if you're interested in that, I'm going to link to it on the show notes. That is Elves Dreamland. I didn't put who wrote or who uh, who produced it. But Santa. You can find out all about it. Could be. Could be. Yeah, you know, we gotta love Germany. They're their news source. They're our number one news source. Yeah, I go to AmigaNews.de, <laughs> Amiga68k.de. I yes. go to all these places. We, we all love the our German buddies over there that keep the flame rolling. Yeah. Um so uh that's really all we have. There's not been a real busy news week. I will say, let Amiga. me hop in here real okay. quick. I mentioned this a week ago, but I'll I'll pitch it one more time before I before I put a bullet in it. Um we're looking for your Amiga memories. Uh, if you remember when you got your Amiga for Christmas, or if you have a, a a lovely memory with a friend of yours, and you and you while you were playing the Amiga, or you were making each other levels for the Amiga, or even if it's the Atari ST, the or the uh, 400, 800, any lovely memories. It's the time of the year to reflect. Uh, New Year's is coming, and I thought it would be neat to have a uh, uh, listener input on the show. So if you if uh, you want to send in an MP3 or a little sound bite or even type something up, just kind of relating your memories with the Amiga or these other classic machines, we will uh, have a listen to them, throw some on the air, and share them with everyone that listens. So just a thought. If we don't get any in, I will just share an ugly, ugly thought, and then we'll never speak of it again. <laughs> Yeah, uh, send those in, please. Uh, or I'll kill boat. <laughs> I'll do it. All right, Sword of Sodan. Uh, Sword of Sodan. This is a. Uh, this is, I guess. What, what would you call Sword of Sodan? Just a beat 'em up. Uh, it's a leisurely, leisurely left, stroll, left to right, <laughs> side scrolling beat 'em up. Well, they medium-sized variety of critters and bad guys. Yeah. Uh, it was released uh, for the Amiga in 1989 by Discovery Software. Yes. 
Um, later ports included uh, Apple, you know, Macintosh, which is rare. Uh, this is the first game that, well, it's not the first game in a while, but it's it's one of those uh, you don't you didn't really get a lot of these sorts of games on the the old System Seven, um, you know, the, that kind of early '90s Mac. Um, and uh, EA actually released a scaled down port of this for the Sega Genesis. Yeah, and, that I, I was surprised to see that. I, I didn't know about it. Uh, I also read somewhere that they was uh, a partially completed version of this for the Apple. 2GS. Yeah, I read that too. I'm not familiar with the 2GS. I know you're an Apple guy. The, um, the 2GS was basically when the Apple II fans wanted something that was software compatible but with a GUI. Mm-hmm. That's that's what the Apple 2GS is. And apparently they had planned ports of this for the ST and the C64, but they never were developed. Um, and a sequel was in development but was never released. Mm. So, And apparently there's a picture floating around somewhere. And one last item, the uh, programmer, boy, anytime your name has a couple of zeros in it, I'm going to be hard-pressed <laughs> to sing. Soren Gronbeck uh, has uh, released Sword of Sodan um, to the public, effectively, from what I could, from mm. what I could find out. Uh, and uh, so uh, I, guess you can, I guess you can freely download it. You know, might want to look into that, but that's uh, that's cool. Yeah, you know? yeah. I've actually got that. This is another game where I actually own the original discs. Amazingly, wow. I know I liked it. It was an awesome game. Uh, where did you per- do you remember where you got it from? <sighs> Absorbed or traded from another collector. It's oh, all blurred. Okay. You didn't actually go to a store. Well, there was and... only one store in the entire state that I know of that sold Amiga stuff, <laughs> and I don't think, I, I don't have a box. I just mm-hmm. have the discs, which this is the story of my life. I've got very few of the boxes, and mostly just the discs. So, do you Did you ever buy, when you had an Amiga, did you ever physically walk into a store and, and purchase a game? Or did, was yes. there just nowhere around you could do Absolutely that? Absolutely, I did. Speedball 2 was one of the first games I purchased. Got to have it. Um, flashback was one I purchased, or uh, what was the other name? Flashback. That was everyone. It was named Flashback. Um, there's a couple more that aren't coming to me, but I, it, the problem is uh, I was a late I was late to the party, and by the time I got into the Amiga, the Amiga had gotten out the door in America. Were you already living in Lexington at that time? No, no. I, I, was, it was, uh, I got into the Amiga. Uh, I got my first Amiga in, I think, 89. Right, so and it was Amiga 1000 uh, that I bought used from from a fella, and uh, ended up selling him back the Amiga, and then bought it back again. So <laughs> I've owned that one twice uh, before I finally sold it again to raise Christmas money a couple years ago, regrettedly. But uh, uh, I, you know, like I said, there was one store that sold Amiga stuff, and then that one went away, and then I found another store, but it was a you know half hour drive from here, but I would still go up and you know I'd buy stuff now and again. Or I used to get a ton of demo discs, and I had uh, software the month club mm-hmm. that would send me stuff, and I would get magazines whenever I could find them. But again, those are hard to find. What too. was the name of the store? <sighs> they sold Apple stuff. They just recently went out. Computers Plus. Computers Plus. They're still around, actually. They're uh, in fact they were my art competitor when I worked in Charleston. They have a Where store on Quarter G now. Quarter G. It oh. used to be out uh, on the way to Quarter G. Mm-hmm. You know that shortcut you take across. I don't, no one in the in the radio world gives a crap about <laughs> this, but yeah, big store. They're still around. Yeah. They wouldn't hire me once, too, so they, they incurred my wrath. I showed them. <laughs> uh, you know, it's. I always wonder about that because I remember when I was a kid, uh, very early on, looking for software for my Atari uh, 1200XL, and just not, you know, by Fancy. that time, it was just not, you could not find it anywhere. But there was one store in Town Center Mall in, in Charleston. Computerland? 
that must have been it. Yeah. And I, I mean, I was a young kid, and uh, but they still sold a very limited selection of Atari 8-bit stuff. You know, the so. first time I ever saw a computer mouse was at a computer land at the uh, in Charleston. It was before I even saw the Amiga. It was I was a kid, and they had a mouse hooked up to a um, I can't remember if it was an Atari or an Apple. I think it was an Atari, believe it or not. And it was they were playing um, they were playing a racing game, Pit Stop Two. That's what they're playing. But I, I thought the mouse worked on a cushion of air. I was like, wow, this is amazing. <laughs> like a hovercraft. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, like the like the, the snow stand speeder or whatever. Right. But no. I was disappointed when I looked under it and saw a little wheel. <laughs> little, uh, little I'd love to see some old pictures of that computer land store. Yeah, yeah. Boy, uh, not the not the wax on this stuff, but I mean... It was a whole different ball game back in those days because you just walk in these stores, you never knew what you were going to see. There's a whole new wall of software. You know, it's a whole games weren't coming out left and right. You know, so you'd see, you know, wow, look at this, and here's some new hardware, and here's another computer, and there were multiple computers. Look, there's the C64 section, there's the Apple section, there's the Coco, you know, section. If you're in, you know, tearing up, man. Now it's, I mean, it's a. You know, I remember going to Electronics Boutique or GameStop, and there would be PC everywhere, and then a little bit of console stuff. And then the PC stuff started shrinking, mm-hmm. shrinking, and it was all gone. It was all console. We were all screwed. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Anyway, but we're back. <laughs> we're back. <laughs> so, uh, what were we talking about? Sword of Sudan. That's right. <laughs> so, uh, you know, in this game, you get you get to select your own character. You get a choice. You can either be. <laughs> Brodan. Hey, that's <laughs> this, right. That strikes me as funny. Brodan or uh, Chardon. Who, uh, and uh, I guess it doesn't matter who you pick because they, they act exactly the sure same. Sure it does because no one wants to watch the guy lumper across the street. <laughs> At least true. get the hot chick. And by the way, the, the selection screen, this is beautiful. It is. Hot, it is. And, 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 the, and the, uh, the way the screen... Uh, Appears, mm-hmm. it's hard to explain. It's just crazy. It kind of morphs into pattern, place. yeah. You know, and then and then in between levels, this uh, the map sort of the words sort of scroll like a like an old timey parchment. You know, mm-hmm. they kind of come down the screen. Mm-hmm. Those are the little tidbits that I look for. You know, beautiful the way they did it. Yeah, uh, these guys really uh, uh, paid a lot of attention, and they tried to put out something that's different. <clears throat> so, uh, you know, the the thing that that I first noticed about this game is that the sprites are huge. I, yeah. I don't think I've ever seen a game with bigger sprites. That is the... Uh, I love that. I love it's, it. The guy, your guy is literally half the size of the yeah. screen. And the bad guys are huge. Yeah. And and, and they're detailed. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what I like about it. Uh, the uh, I don't think I ever saw a game with sprites this big. I, I can't think of any game, you know, any classic... Uh, Game that has moving sprites that are that are that big. I it's mean, like everyone's an in boss. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly <laughs> that's, what it's like. That was great for a young blind Aaron. <laughs> uh, so, uh, and you're also very lucky. No matter whether you pick Brodan or Shardan, uh, the enemies only seem to know to attack you from one direction. They never try and sneak up on you from the rear. They only come from the right side of the screen towards the left. That's side. That's the way it should be. Just like real life. <laughs> um, you gotta. You can. Uh, there's, it's a little deeper than than some hack and slash games. You can pick up items, you yeah, know. potions. And- yeah, potions. You've got to hit the strength meter so you can see, you know, how hard you're hitting. You can use the function keys to set off your various items so right. you could trigger them, which I thought that was quite kind of neat. Um, and uh, you also kind of have uh, you can you can <coughs> use your sword whether you're standing or whether you're kneeling. Right. Um, before each level starts, you get a map 
of the vicinity and you get told where you're going now that that goes up until a certain point once you get to the castle you're kind of stuck at the castle you're for the in, last yeah, half you're of the game. yeah yeah um but the the map screen is really cool oh yeah uh i the names of the areas are always kind of descriptive it's not just like forest it's like deepest forest or yeah. something like yeah. that um and uh, once you get into the castle, the the way that the castle is drawn on the screen is a really menacing and foreboding. That is because you get a, you get sort of a and you get like an outside picture. It's like there it is. Mm-hmm. I'm going into that sucker. Yeah, you know? it's the the uh, the whole way that this game is presented is really good. Yeah, yeah. And and uh, now uh, the, uh, the the downside is there are some there there are some things they could have presented much better. And the, I'm referring to the god awful pits. <laughs> yeah, they're these, a little bit repetitive. These, it's not just that they're repetitive, but they're they're a small little chunk of blackness on the bottom of the screen. Mm. And if and I'll tell you that uh, if you don't have your monitor tuned up right, and you don't have you have the bottom of your screen cut off, you're screwed. Yeah, <laughs> jump that's right true. into these things. And the pits drove me bananas. I mean, for years, uh, uh, it's because this game is tough to jump in. It can mm-hmm. be, you know, of course, it's an Amiga game, so you're jumping. It can be difficult. Yeah, and yeah. and uh, it was a pain in the butt to jump over these pits. They were, I would say, these were cheap. These were cheap pits. Uh, in my opinion, there's uh, there's eleven different stages in this. Uh, five are the first stages that you get to that are surrounding the castle. You go right. through the town, which is cool because you chop that dude's head off. Yep, <laughs> and it makes it awesome. I'm yeah, <laughs> I'm not sure how realistic that is to somebody. That's exactly what it sounds like. When I don't. I've never done it. It could be. If you've played Prince of Persia on the Amiga, it's very similar to when you get chopped in half. That's. It's almost like somebody took an apple and went like perk with a big cleaver. That's what it sounds like to me. Um. Then uh, you go through the the countryside, passing through. You got the forest, the graveyard, uh, and then once you're in the castle, the levels are not. Uh, you, you still have some variation, but you get a lot of kind of basement-looking dwellings, uh, even when you're not quite in the basement stage yet. But the uh, the castle has my personal favorite part of the game, All right. and that is the part of the game where you get to meet the animal. The an- <laughs> yes, the animal. It, it's hard to say what the animal is. Ostrichy, kind of, but he has sort of a duck bill. That's also his face, um, and I think they did right by calling it the animal because they couldn't figure out what that's it was supposed to, to be either. Yeah, you don't need to say no more. It's the animal that sums it up. But they uh, they use the animal to incorporate it in a certain amount of puzzle solving. When you first mount the animal, you're informed that the animal is hungry, and uh, you have to eat this monster that's just kind of hanging around. Uh, minding his own business and uh, once you do that you're able to jump which allows you to escape being drowned later on in the level so there's a little bit of puzzle solving that goes on the game mixes itself up well there's a level there's a level in your forest where where you're fighting the ghost and there's a level where you have to go across the bridge and the spears are coming up and there's a level where there's logs coming i mean there's a, they, they do mix it up i think uh quite well and then the animal is just another little you know a little, another stir of the drink if you will yeah yeah so that was uh that was that's kind of the the, the layout you know so I, I i like the game uh i thought you know it doesn't control great anytime you have characters that are that large you're going to be somewhat limited to what you can do with them but 
on the same token, they, they're huge. Yeah, I mean they're huge, they're detailed, sprites, and there's a there's a pretty wide variety of enemies. There's 13 different enemy types in this game, so I mean that's not that's not bad. Is that counting the little logs and the weird barrels and possibly? What is that the, thing that you the know rolling the, face thing? Yeah, what what the hell was that? Yeah, I don't know. That reminded me of something from the Adams family. I was like the woods. The woods were creepy in this, and the, there's the two headed or three headed thing. I don't know what that thing was called either. You know, it's a thing. It's a monster. <laughs> I didn't mind the game. I mean, there, like I said, the I love the game. It's one of my favorites. The it's beautiful. It's uh, it's it's they've done all the details, but it, there's a few shortcomings. The pits, the cheapness, the uh, some of the some of the bad guys are irritating as hell to kill. Mm-hmm. You know, this is another game that really could have used some background music too. Yeah, yeah. I looked at the the person that did the music, uh, Julian Lafay. She did this in a game called Zoom. Uh, if you look at what Discovery did, they didn't do a ton of stuff. And she, but I mean, obviously this thing didn't have much music. They didn't hire the the top shelf. I mean, no offense to Julian here, but there's not much music to it. I mean, really, there's just a, there's it needed some. It would nice to set a mood. Mm-hmm. Maybe this game's old enough to where they didn't want to mix the channels in with this with the you know with the digitized right, sound or whatever. Right. The digitized sounds great. Though, like we said, that neck chop is awesome. Guys talk and they yell, "Hey, the, the the demons and stuff." They sound very scary. I thought. I mean, mm-hmm. that you know, and when you're in the woods, there's that kind of feeling. I mean, they, the moods are set quite well. But yeah, some some music would have been awesome. I agree. And uh, you know, the, like you said, the poetry that it comes yeah. on those scrolls in between. Yes. You know, very D and D like. Yeah, yeah. Um, so uh, the. Uh, Sword of Sudan, it actually it was received very well. Uh, it was in the the top ten after it was released for more than six months, and it sold about fifty five thousand copies. Um, remember when we were talking to Sven a couple weeks ago when we were talking about that list of banned games that the group of guys yes. this this was on that list. Too I violent. Guess, I guess yeah, they chopped violent. that dude's head off. That yeah. was it, right? Or getting impaled. Um, <laughs> And uh, so the uh, the game reviewed well upon its original release. Uh, you know, nobody had ever seen sprites that big um, before or since. <laughs> yeah, and uh, but the game was re-released in 1993, and by that time, of course, so much time had passed that those reviews were not nearly as kind. Because obviously, if you're reviewing a game from 1990 in 1988, it's five years later. You know, things move on, and obviously, uh, the world was in a different place in '93. Right, understandable. I will say, you know, um, the uh, the reviews, like you said, they were good. I believe this thing won a Game of the Year award from somebody, uh, so that's pretty nice. I mean, is it Game of the Year material? Uh, it's a slow year, you know. <laughs> maybe, you know. I mean, but, I mean, like I said, I like it a lot, mm-hmm. but I mean, I can see where people don't like it. Some people think it's just ugly. They don't like the sprites to be that big. Mm-hmm. They think it's too, you know, it's it's. Maybe it's too low res to have sprites that big. I don't know. I, I think it looked it pretty looked awesome. It looked good. Even blown up on my big TV, the the sprites still looked really good. Yeah. Uh, uh, and it's, like I said, if they could have polished the controls, that would have went a long way. Mm-hmm. Could, Maybe that, introduce some alternate weapons, some projectile, more projectile weapons and things like that. Yeah. Would have helped. But, of course, you know, when you're dealing with uh, sprites that big, and, you know, there's only so much you can do. Yeah. And, it, and to be fair... It's only three discs. Mm-hmm. It's, and it, you know, uh, this is the first platforming game where the levels are actually of you know moderate size. They're not too not too long. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and that's the way it should be. Right. 
I mean, this is uh, this is the polar opposite of, of Turrican, mm-hmm. or two, where it was just like you just went on forever and ever. It's like, please show me something here. I'm right. dying. Right. But um, I, I, I give it high. I give it high marks and high praise. It's 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 flawed, but if you consider when it comes out, and uh, uh, the uh, the fact that I mean, you're you're talking. I think it was the, uh, three or four Danish guys that put it together. Mm-hmm. So hey. You know, once again, <laughs> they know how to program in that part of the world. Yeah. And they did a fine job. So I would like to see this um, revisited someday. If someone out there is in a sort of sedan, hey, sort of sedan too. You know, I mean, it had sort of a, 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 a 90s or early 90s or late 80s feel, kind of the Golden Axe era. Mm-hmm. You know, it kind of reminded me of that a little bit and, and not, and, you know, not really the way it looks, but the way it's presented. Mm-hmm. You know, that stuff, you can always go back to it. Yeah. You know, and yeah. you've got, uh, uh, learn from the past, you know, keep those big graphics. I mean, I, that's part of it. That could still work. Mm-hmm. I, 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 I think it could still work on a, an, as a phone game or, a, or something on a, one of the portables. I think you, I think you got some money there. So someone do some work. <laughs> uh, I watched a long play of this on, uh, on YouTube and, uh, the game can be completed if you go straight through it in about 15 minutes. Really? So yeah, it's not an incredibly long game, but you know, they, that person was obviously very skilled at the game. Yeah. And no kidding. Die. Um, speaking of which, do you have a score for this game? <laughs> I forgot it. Ah, well, <laughs> so I will bring the score up when I uh, on the live stream. All I've, right, I've got to we'll, get my check my email. We'll do, we'll do battle on there. It I did. Good. I did check this uh, availability on eBay, uh, and uh, it's available. Um, <laughs> the uh, bo- I didn't see any free discs, but the boxes are going for between fifteen to forty bucks. Okay, not bad. Not bad. Uh, and uh, it's the box is pretty cool looking, you know. So. Pick it up. It's a good pickup. Next week, as a special request by our sponsor, O'Brien's Retro and Vintage, we're going to be doing that Christmas classic, James Pond 2. All right, until then, adios. adios.